the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide uh, with Max Hartington. Hello, Max. Hello, Danny. Good to be back again. Uh, Two weeks on the, in a run uh, now? Yeah, yeah. Max is here um, uh, because Chris and Sam, who normally do uh, the show for two weeks of the month, uh, they're, they've been on holiday. We hope they're having the yeah. best time. Although, if you're about to burgle their house, they're not. They're just staying at home <laughs> and, and do a DIY. They're back by the time this comes out, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't burgle them. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, Max. Not before is, I get a chance, at least. No. <laughs> we're, so, we're all friends here yeah so max uh, max is here and he'll be choosing um the, the what he thinks are the best films to watch on free to air tv for the forthcoming week we also have another entry into the the little bit of the show that is max's action films where uh where max chooses a film that takes uh, takes the action film to the max oh yeah that's something, oh, something's not right there is it oh sorry i did the wrong one didn't i oh no um let's try that one do it again Films that take it to the max. There we go. I prefer the first one. I don't know. No. They've, they've both got their charm. It's a bit like uh, Kevin Hart's coming to do the read for that for that first one. But yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> also uh, on the show, we have uh, uh, new releases on the streaming services. But starting things off with the cinema, and I think there's a few films out this week uh, that we're going to be talking about. Um, I, uh, four films? Did I see? Or three? I've got three. Yeah, three. Um, I, I just three know. films out in the cinema this Friday. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and they are. I don't know if they're always in alphabetical order, but they are certainly in alphabetical order this time around. <laughs> Maybe they are every week, and I just don't notice. But anyway, we start off with a film called Barbarian. In this film, a young woman discovers that the rental home she's booked is already occupied by a stranger. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the night, but soon discovers there's a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. Um, so, obviously, we're getting into the well, we're very, very deep into the Halloween season at this point. We've got the films releasing just in time for uh, the Halloween Monday. Uh, so this film itself um, is a slasher film that, well, not a slasher film, it's sort of a psychological horror thriller that decides to take something that we're very comfortable with. So this time uh, we're sending off Airbnbs is the thing that we're making people afraid of in this one. Uh, directed by Zach Kreger. Uh, Zach Kreger. <laughs> Credits to Zach Kreger's name uh, include... Uh, well, he's a member of the Whitest Kids You Know, which was a, co- a comedy troupe from the early 2000s. But that's about, uh, that's the most things to his credit. Uh, but in terms of starring, we've got a few people in here. We've got Georgina Campbell stars. Bill Skarsgård is, is starring as the, the Airbnb host, who's the person who Bill Skarsgård is, called, of course, quite notorious for playing Pennywise in the, the modern It films. Right, Because yes. he's got the sort of um, menacing looking uh chin not chin what's it called uh cheekbones and eyes that make you think that he's a bit of a bit of a scary person so of course he's in this uh justin long is also starring justin long sort of famous for starring all these sort of noughties comedy films in america as well um and uh and bill skarsgård is the son of stellan skarsgård yeah part of the 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 skarsgård family yeah yeah. the skarsgård dynasty if you will (laughs) uh yeah uh stellan skarsgård who is in um the thor films wasn't he yes he's the um the professor in the he's he's done a few other things as well including goodwill hunting and (laughs) and amistad and he's done some really like great films and he's been in a couple of the thor movies but but to top it off he's also been in that as well yeah Yeah. (laughs) and he was in uh the dune film wasn't he recently the 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 denis villeneuve of, um, yes, reimagining of Doom. Ah, is he the be- the Baron in that one? Uh, I believe he was. Yes, ah. yeah. So de- definitely, he's got Baron Harkonnen. A lot to his name, but uh, yeah. The, so the Skarsgård uh, dynasty. Yes, yeah, uh, so making it's his their appearance son. This one, it's, it's, it's Stellan Skarsgård. Bill seems son. to have uh, found his home. Uh, 
found his home in the sort of the horror niche but I think that's very much uh, you know I think if you I think if you see him in interviews he's able to do this sort of eye twinge which mm. is sort of like, he has a unique look about him yeah. he does have a look you know, and like you say the cheekbones and everything else yeah. you know he, he has a because I think if you look at the Scars Guards what's interesting is they've all come out with sort of different different looking faces haven't they you look yeah. at um is it Alex? Alex, who the one who starred in uh, the the Nor- the Norseman recently? Yeah, that was Alexander um, Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård. They all come out very different, haven't they? Because obviously you've got uh, Stellan, who's got who I think looks very ah, uh, it's weird. It sounds weird. He looks very bureaucratic. And he's but he's Alexander's, also the he, so he's the brother of Bill Skarsgård. Yes, yeah, right, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looks yeah, he looks very different, doesn't he's he? He's very he rugged, isn't he? Obviously, yeah. he plays a Norseman, whereas uh, yeah. Bill Skarsgård is very sort of like slender, yeah. like big cheekbones and everything so all very different looks to him yeah yeah okay um but uh okay so anyway that so that's possibly and you said justin long as well was in this yeah. movie it seems very um obviously having only seen the trailer i don't know but it seems like it's very sort of going for a sort of hostile vibe of something awful is going to be happening inside this airbnb and we don't really know what's going on uh in there but right. it's the whole somebody's trapped in this house and something also awful is going to happen to them so if that's you know if you're looking for that sort of film if that's your horror jam then this is the one for you so i'll tell you what puts me off this straight away and makes me think straight away that this is going to be a very regrettable horror movie Uh-oh. it's it's that in the trailer it references other horror movies yeah <laughs> it's from the producer of it it's from the executive producer of the grudge, the grudge. and the ring and and you sort of think so clearly it it doesn't yeah. think it's good enough to stand on its own two feet so it has to tell you that you know some of the people involved think, with this used to, you yeah. know have done other I think, it, I think producer is always a bit of a tenuous one as well isn't it it's like saying like from the catering company that cater towards <laughs> it <laughs> I mean yes I mean to, a producer on a movie could be anything from just a name on a poster yeah. to the person who runs the show and, and anything in between but um but I think that their ho- I think their hope is to try and catch people you know your average person who's just going to go and watch a scary movie at the cinema i think they'll just they want them to just see it's the grudge and the ring and go mm. well oh well clearly that's a, well, a, a scene i like those so maybe i'd like this maybe yeah. is the thing but also do you not like the story has it not been done before i mean airbnb is, an, is a more I, unique twist but the whole thing so this, this is definitely been, I like she, she's rented somewhere yeah. and there's something going on and it's not what it yeah. seems well, it's like most about, people that's when they get a, get it's on it's like it's about a hostel isn't it hostel yeah. is another one that does something very similar where you've got these people checking into place and then all of a sudden they get thrown somewhere else where I mean that wasn't supernatural whereas this may be supernatural this one I I mean to me this one seems like it could go either way oh Oh, fair enough the fact it's got it and the grudge and the the ring all tied to it means that it it seems like it's skews towards the supernatural however I mean for all I know they, they could it just could be way. just like a, a it could just be a criminal in there yeah like probably living in the ceiling that'd be my guess it's some bloke he's living in the ceiling he's living in the loft somewhere yeah. or he's in the wall spaces it's something like that isn't it and yeah. and should, should we be should we yeah. be starting a racket I, a racket on here a bit of betting what's going to happen in this horror movie we're going to have the big the the odds up on the board behind us because <laughs> i'm also fairly sure that this was covered in a multi-arc storyline in csi where i think one of the characters it turned out he had somebody living in his house and he noticed that like like, like the milk was moved slightly in the fridge and yeah. he noticed that certainly you know like there was a piece of fruit missing from the fruit bowl in the kitchen and 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 it was and then yeah it turned out someone was living in in there and and was yeah and I, i've got a feeling that's so it's something that's it. been seen before you think I, I think it's been done before yeah it's got a fairly high rating on on imdb so far but yeah. but as i understand it that doesn't necessarily mean a lot when a film has only just come out no that, i think that's very much a case of it's the people who have been given the chance to see it first who they know we're going to give them a, a pretty good review yeah so, so, the, so some of the horror 
nuts have been allowed in early and they go well this is definitely you know what I, w- yeah. I was scared while I was watching like this film the producer's mum has been able to like give it a 10 star rating <laughs> and that skewed it somewhat she was actually the producer of it as well so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why they let her in okay um, but yeah so anyway this is uh, Barbarian which is uh, out uh, now uh, well, it comes out on uh, the Friday the 28th Friday uh, the 28th the day, the day this podcast I, is out I believe it came out in August in America so these ratings may be mm. a slightly better because it says 21,000 people have voted on it and given it 7.5 out of 10 um, which is which is quite high uh, considering yeah. I'm sure if you compared that to most classic or famous horror films I think because of that but then again it's that whole thing of the people who've gone out of their way to review it might be the people who really enjoy that mm. sort of thing but then, so it's only the first week in the UK you know is, is what my point you know, yeah. where sometimes these things start really high and then drop but but it has been out already elsewhere which so yeah. maybe the rating is fairer so who knows yeah. Anyway, that's the first of the movies this week. The next one, uh, Bros. So this is the biopic of the the eighties oh, boy band. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, what? it's Bros. Bro- oh. Bros. Ah, uh, Bros. Oh, I was looking forward to. Bro- I thought because when he in the dancing thingy, dancing in the jungle on ice or something, what they do. I mean, I uh, there is some dancing stri- in this film, but strictly I don't- jungle on ice or something. Is that the? I don't, I don't I think this might be I don't know if this is the film you're expecting it to be oh right okay uh, Bros is a uh, Bros is a, uh, a a rom-com about uh, Bobby the neurotic uh, podcast host who's happy to go on Tinder dates but not content to have a serious relationship which all changes when he meets Aaron a detached lawyer who likes to play the field uh, the two are drawn to each other both men ben, eh, both men begin to show their vulnerable sides as their undeniable attraction turns into something resembling a commitment so this is a, a gay rom-com in which uh, two, two men basically do all they can to not fall in love with each other and then pretty much everyone around them tells them that they don't have a choice and they're going to. Uh, this stars Billy Eichner, who is, uh, I think he's, he's well known in sort of the, the American like comedy comedy circuit like he appears in like lots of like stand-up i think i know he's appeared in 30 rock in um parks and recreation lots of like american uh, comedy shows okay um and he, he seems to have done a lot of voice work as well um, yeah. according according to this but um i noticed as well looking down the cast a bit um deborah messing who might be known to slightly older listeners from will and grace mm. uh, she's she's in the cast as well um, but uh, so so it's a rom-com it's yeah. possibly familiar territory for rom-coms except it's involving a gay couple yeah. which perhaps gives it so this one I think fresh... the, the whole draw of this one is it seems it's very because Billy Eichner himself is of course gay and I think he's he's played a strong role in working with the producers uh, it's very much it's trying to explore that whole sort of community so they they go through like you know the, the whole LGBTQ uh, community is sort of a focus in this one so I guess it's that whole thing of trying to subvert this genre on its head by sort of delving into these territories that we haven't seen right. previously in these sorts of films like while okay. it might be following a very similar sort of a, you know guy meets girl both of them don't want to be in a relationship that they fall into it instead it's guy meets guy but yeah. still sort of following that same track okay uh, I, I, to be fair initially I wasn't happy about the, the premise of this about some sort of a promiscuous podcast host who, who goes on a lot of Tinder dates <laughs> uh, my lawyers have been instructed to look into this more closely yeah uh, but so, uh, so we can uh, cautiously recommend this one but uh, the, the money will ultimately be coming what, back to Danny after the lawsuit what, watch it quickly because it might get taken down you never know uh, but anyway that's uh, that's not bros but bros 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 because uh, okay that that makes sense I guess all right, the final film. Uh, we're back to the horror genre again uh, because, of course, it is indeed uh, Halloween uh, coming up soon. So, uh, yeah, there is going to be a deluge of this. And uh, this one, um, I don't know in the if if in the uh, trailer it's plugging lots of uh, other movies that people you know like from the caterer for fast and furious and <laughs> you know from the parking attendant of 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 the Mission Impossible movies. 
I don't know if it's doing any of that, but it's called Pray for the Devil. Uh, in this film, uh, the Roman Catholic Church combats a global rise in demonic possessions by reopening schools to train priests to perform exorcisms. Uh, although nuns are forbidden to perform this ritual, a professor recognises Sister Anne's gifts and agrees to train her. Uh, thrust onto the spiritual front line, she finds herself in a battle for the soul of a young girl who's possessed by the same demon that tormented her own mother years earlier. So we've had the sort of... Um, awful scary horror film about people being trapped in a house we've now got the awful scary horror film about uh nuns and priests fighting off uh, demonic possessions so if, if you've seen one of these you've seen them all uh but this is directed by uh daniel stam uh daniel stam is known for uh directing the last exorcism 13 sins necessary death so we've got there's a tried and tested um horror expert who's behind this one who seems to very much be an expert in um exorcism films as well so you know he's 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 found something he's good at and he's stuck to it. Okay. Um, I noticed the cast, you've got uh, Ben Cross, who's sadly no longer with us. In fact, he died in 2020. So I'm assuming this film was made some time ago and has only just got a release. Uh, But he's a a British actor who was in uh, Chariots of Fire and was in um, Star Trek, the 2009 J.J. Abrams. Yes. He played Sarek, I think it was Spock's father. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, but yes, uh, so this must be a movie that's been on the shelf for quite a long time. And it's a while. Given how long ago that that he died. Also got Colin Salmon in it, uh, who uh, may be familiar to some people. He's been in... Um, he was in some of the Piers Brosnan and James Bond movies. He played one, is it like M's assistant or something? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was, and, and he's from well, he Luton, in, so he's he's relatively local. So go support a local actor then, yeah. Yeah. He also starred in Resident Evil, uh, Alien vs. Predator, so he's clearly, <laughs> he's tied to these franchises. Punisher Warzone. How do you feel about that Punisher movie? I know you're a bit of a Punisher fan. You know what? I actually, I think Warzone, I, I was very hesitant on watching it. However, I did go and watch, uh, it, the, the way to win me over is I went and watched the action scenes before I watched the actual film. And the action scenes are quite good. Okay. But uh, maybe the, the rest of it is uh, questionable. Right. I, I, I know you have an affinity to the guy who played him in the in the original, uh, um, the, the first Punisher movie, don't you? The, 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 Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Thomas Jane. And then you've also got the, um, oh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher as well. Right. And now, of course, you got the what's his what's his chops? The guy with the face that looks like it was on fire, and John, someone put it out with a shovel. John Bernthal. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> he do, he does have a sort of face that only a mother could love, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, it, it suits the role of the Punisher. Very it does. Well. It works. It looks really like he, well. he has been punished. He always looks like he's just stepped out of a fight, doesn't he? <laughs> You're thinking, should your nose be over that far to the left? You know, and oh, I'll just put it back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, hello, if you're listening, John Bernthal. Big fan. I wouldn't want to cross him. <laughs> scary and he'd, he'd, he'd mash up a pretty boy like me oh. anyway. especially coming after him with that shovel that you claim he's been beaten with <laughs> yeah, a fire that was put out <laughs> we love you here john don't worry yeah oh yeah that doesn't mean to say i don't love him any less you know just because yeah he fell out, the, uh, the fell out of the ugly could love, but. yeah fe- fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch of the way down but yeah anyway he was in the wolf of wall street was he yeah yeah was it did he play an ugly bloke in that I, well, did he play a bloke who looked quite beaten I up i think it's <laughs> I think he did play a, bit, a big meathead in that yeah, one as well. So yeah, he's, yeah. He has got he has got a type. He's got range, is he? Is he's got range. He, pretty much, he plays uh, he plays people who get angry very quickly. <laughs> anyway, which is not the person you don't want to you know, no, find up on a podcast. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> Anyway, Pray for the Devil is out as well uh, this coming uh, Friday, which could well be today. It may not be, uh, but it comes out on the... This Friday, the 28th. It comes out on the 28th of uh, October. Uh, So, uh, yeah, in a moment, we'll be looking at uh, new releases on Netflix. And then uh, we've got more guff as well. Do, Do stay with us. Well, you can't really 
do otherwise, can you? Well, you could just stop the podcast, I suppose. Yeah, but don't do that. No, don't do that. Why would you want to miss out on me? Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Part two of the Film Guide uh, looks at uh, streaming service releases. This week we're just focusing on one that's coming out on Netflix. And it's a film that you may well recognise the title because it's been done a few times before. It is All Quiet on the Western Front. This is a brand new version that's coming exclusively to Netflix. New interpretation of the film, yeah. Uh, it tells the gripping story of a young German soldier on the Western Front of World War One. Uh, Paul and his comrades experience firsthand how the initial sort of uh, joy and excitement of war turns into desperation and fear as they fight for their lives and each other in the trenches. Uh, the film was directed by Edward Berger, uh, a German director. It's based on the world-renowned best-selling novel of the same name by... Uh, I'm editing er- Max's script as he's <laughs> er- going er- er- here. Remark. Be- because uh, because <laughs> Max has made some mistakes in it and I'm trying to take them out before he gets to them. Um, so, of course, the film is quite... Um, well, we've, we've sort of go from... We've talked today about the horror of horror. Uh, this film is all about the horrors of war. It's I think it's focusing on the German side, which is something that we don't see very common uh but you very commonly even but uh, a lot of people may know this film by the name alone by the name alone as you said because it is quite i mean i you know i know a bit about film but i know all quiet on the western front is very renowned it's a very mm. it's a name that everyone has heard at some point yeah. your notes are correct again now if you needed to go back to them but uh yeah so so tell us when, when it's well known because it was um originally when was it originally a hit uh, so there's really there's a 1930 classic and the lesser known 1979 version also came out as well which starred uh, donald pleasance and ernest Borden yeah so names that you might know there as well but yeah uh, but the 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 one that the the definitive version was the 1930s version which won an oscar for best picture yeah uh, and um yeah but but this isn't a remake of of those movies this is a readaptation of the book on which those movies were based yeah (laughs) well i suppose it sort of takes it away from being the the, uh, it's trying well i was gonna say it's trying to be less hollywood eyes but it is a a little hollywood eyes because you've got you know running away from explosions and Mm. everything's got a really nasty gray tone over it but yeah and this is the most expensive German movie that Netflix have made, apparently. Because mm. it is in German, isn't it? It's got a German cast. Yeah. Uh, all German cast. Uh, the name that I think is like most, like for me, that most people know is Daniel Brühl. Daniel Brühl, of course, starring in Glorious Bastards and Captain America and all sorts. So he's the more sort of the, the household German name. But I think he's, he's one of those German actors who managed to break through into... Um, into you know the, the Hollywood line like like Christoph Waltz, hmm. but we've also got uh, Albert Albert Schuch, uh Sebastian Hulk, uh, Felix Kammerer. Uh, if you are a big fan of German cinema, you might know some of those names. But um, I think they they all very much nail the look of being. I mean, you know, the whole point of the world of the World War One is that it's all very young lads who are you know put, forced out onto the front line into the horrors of war without really knowing what they're getting themselves into. And and we're we're kind of we're probably more familiar with with what it was like from our perspective. Most recently, uh, there was was it Sam Mendes did nineteen seventeen. Yes, yeah. Uh, but this is telling it from the other side, and and uh, so we're hearing a young German soldier's terrifying experiences uh, during being on the front uh, during. World War 
I do think it's quite interesting that the um, the the lad they've got on the on the front post of this looks all eerily similar to the star of 1917 as well. Like they've gone for this very sort of <laughs> this very like gaunt looking person for yeah. both films. So I'm going to choose to believe that was on purpose. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it's um, yeah, I mean, you we can't really appreciate what it was like to be in the trenches in in, in on the front lines in that sort of nope. war. It, it, it must be horrific. Regardless of what side you're on, yeah. um, it, it's it's horrific. And and at the end of the day, it's just young young men yeah. killing well, each other. They they don't even know why they're really doing it. They're just doing it because their governments, their countries are telling them to. Yeah. Um, I think well, we're, appro- we're approaching uh, Remembrance Day, aren't we? So yes, yeah, of so course that's, that's coming up too. Um, it's interesting as well that I don't know if you remember, but uh, some years back, Clint Eastwood did a movie called Flags of Our Fathers, all about um, the the. There's a very famous picture of some soldiers putting up a, an American flag on the Isle Island of uh, Iwo Jima. Yes, yeah, and. Uh, it, whilst he was making that movie, he was so inspired by stories he heard from the other side that he then made a companion movie to it that followed up, and it was uh, called Letters from Iwo Jima. Yes, um, and, and these movies almost worked together because there was some. I think there's one or two scenes that were in both movies, but yeah. done from different perspectives. But uh, but yeah, that that really took that concept of looking at at a historic moment yeah. from both sides well, I suppose that's what they're going for here then isn't it I mean we've had this sort of 1917 has been sort of the resurgence of the British side and we're now seeing a remake of a of a classic that details the German side but I mean it's like you said before like uh, World War One. it doesn't really feel like there's any real winners or heroes in this are there it's just sort of it's like you said it's just young men basically thrown at each other by two governments and then the horrible outcomes of that yeah whatever the political rights and wrongs of what was going on um, yeah at the end of the day those on the field yeah, they were just just young men. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, war is horrific, and uh, and I'm sure this movie shows that. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, like like you said about the the high budget. I think the sets on this one look really genuine. Like it very much. They built the trenches. They built no man's land. It yeah. looks a, it looks a just like a nightmare. But I'm sure it will be a really a, a good retelling of uh, experience out there. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's a thing on the on the, the sort of a, a tagline on the front saying this is neither an accusation nor a confession mm. of this movie, um, but uh, but yes, uh, it's got a very high rating already. Uh, again, that may not mean much. It has only just, just come out. It has just had a it had a cinematic release before it's released on Netflix as well. So it's been out in a, a select, select cinemas, a limited ah, release this past well, two and weeks. And of course, Netflix do this because then that means it's a contender for awards like Oscars and things. Mm, yeah. So um, they do give it a very limited release before um, they. they release it widely on netflix on the 28th of october that's all quiet on the western front uh it's in german but with subtitles and uh we'll have uh the uh, another film from max's um action films after this the film guide with max hartington part of the celebrities podcast with danny smith he says not being ready now i'm already max says he's ready and then proceeds to put on headphones and do all sorts of other things and 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 uh, right. But now you're ready. I was ready to be ready, and uh, now I'm I'm completely ready for to you know bring it, bring the action. Okay, and what's this next part? This is Max's action films, films that take it to the max. There we go. 
Yeah, so uh, each time Max is here with us, he uh, he chooses another film uh, to go into this sort of collection yeah. uh, of, of classic action movies. And uh, and tell us about the one that you've chosen this time around. So this week we've gone back to a, a foreign language film again this week. We've gone for uh, 2000's Battle Royale, uh, a film about uh, where in the future the Japanese government captures a class of ninth grade students and forces them to kill each other under the Revolutionary Battle Royale Act. There's not... Uh, yeah, so going into this film, there's not a lot of heavy plot going on. Basically, the whole idea is that the... I mean, I've just said it, haven't I? The Japanese government takes a bunch of teenagers, throws them on an island, gives them, gives them a bunch of guns and knives and swords, and then makes them uh, try and kill each other. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's... I mean, I think it, in fairness, it's going to have a very niche audience yeah. for it. So because all, those who like it, love it. Yeah. Well, this this sort of... I think a lot of people might know this because, of course, The Hunger Games more recently was the popularised version of this in, in, you know... It was very... It, 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 the, the Hunger Games borrowed heavily from this premise, yes, didn't it? Yes, yeah. So it's, it's sort of... It's the film that originated this premise, but it's... What I really like about it is that while The Hunger Games has this whole sort of narrative and it's all you know building up the characters uh there's no subtlety in this one uh, basically it's just a load of over-the-top teenagers running around and doing you know trying to awfully to murder each other but this one is really um the action is really over the top like um all of the performances i think are very over the top as well but it's just really exciting to watch like there's lots of interesting set pieces the way the characters interact um just make it I want to say enjoyable to watch, but I think it's um, your pulse is pounding the the whole way through. Um, it, it is. Um, uh, it, it's a very controversial film. Yeah. Uh, it was based on a book which the Japanese Parliament tried to get banned, yeah. but they couldn't, and then they tried to ban the movie, and yeah. they didn't. And uh, <laughs> and, and now that, here it is, <laughs> and that resulted in both of them being incredibly popular. <laughs> which must be a delight if you if you write a book or you bring out a film and yeah. then they try to ban it. You must be you must be tickled pink because you like, know it's going to get you publicity. <laughs> it's like um oh, clock, the author of a Clockwork Orange, isn't it? But then he think he, everything about that he hated that film. Yeah. And it was but he days. banned it himself. Yeah, it wasn't banned by anybody. He withdrew it. He wouldn't allow it to be. Yeah, Stanley yeah. Kubrick. Um, you, yeah, you mean the maker of the movie? I'm oh, assuming. Of course, yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, yeah. and he um, it, there was a copycat killing done in, in yeah. it, it was in the news and he was so horrified by this that he withdrew the movie mm. and wouldn't let it be released and then as soon as he died his family thought oh, there's a few quid in that and <laughs> they chucked it out straight away you've, you've got to love the, the way estates respect uh, people's intentions don't you yeah um but, <laughs> but um but yeah the, so this film is uh, because i guess it's sort of it's there's a bit of a sort of trying to critique government in here but, but i don't really think that's <laughs> That's sort of there in the background, but it's not really uh, not really the focus of this. But this is far more uh, the sort of the thrill of running around and survival on this island, I think, is why I have recommended this one for the film club. Okay. It is one of the... It's in the top 10 of the highest grossing films in Japan. Yeah. It, it, it is being very it's popular. Very, there is a sequel, isn't there? The sequel, I, I've heard uh, mixed things about the sequel. The only thing that I could really know about it is that the sort of the uh, Takeshi Kitano, who plays himself actually in this film, um, it sort of makes a return to throw a new group of students in on the island, but that's all I really know about that one. But yeah. um, I, it's not quite as well renowned. The the rating is significantly lower than the, uh, the the first one, but you know, yeah, you know, you, you've got to take your chance and at least try it, don't you? Okay, um, so yeah. So so that's battle uh, battle royale. There was going to be an American remake, uh, but then um, after the Hunger Games came out, uh, the, the um, apparently they just cancelled it because they just said it'll just look like they were no off the Hunger Games. There. Yeah. And then yeah. there was that point where every single young adult film that came out in the past ten years was always trying to focus on the same thing of oh we're a bunch of teenagers and we're trapped in some awful awful death game by a uh, by a uh, what a dystopian government. Yeah. 
Okay. But, uh, but this was a film that started it, and I think this is the film that does the action the best. Okay. Uh, from 2000, that's the film Battle Royale, which is uh, this, um, this edition's uh, entry into uh, Max's action films. There you go. Try not to ruin the ending now, Max. We'll come out nice and smooth. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know. You could be my next guest. The final part of the film guide looks at the uh, choices that Max Hartington has made. Uh, everybody's favourite educator of the young Max Hartington. Uh, and, and these are the films that are on free-to-air TV for this forthcoming week that he thinks are the ones worth watching. We start off with The Evil Dead, which is on uh, BBC Three, 10pm on Friday the 28th of October. Starting off with the absolute horror classics this week, because of course we're coming up to Halloween. Uh, the Evil Dead tells the story of five friends travelling to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Uh, well... Loads of people will know Evil Dead because it's it is a staple, I think, of uh, sort of campy horror that is well renowned. Uh, people have, of course, know the director Sam Raimi, who it started. I mean, this is sort of what built up his career, isn't it? Well, you Sam say Raimi. people would know him. He's he's not exactly mainstream as That's such, but he's very cult, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'm thinking of pe- people in our neck of the woods who you know, if you if you like sort of a, a cheap. Well, if you're not a cheap film, but if you like a sort of a laugh and something that's very stylized, then Sam Raimi's normally the go to go to. But Sam Raimi, of course, uh, has built his fame up from the Evil Dead franchise onto the the classic Spider-Man films and sort of been popping in and out of the. Um... Didn't he do the most recent Spider-Man film? The most recent? No, he actually went for the. It was the most recent Doctor Strange film he did. That, oh, okay. Yeah. Which. Bruce Campbell is in. Bruce Campbell doesn't That's make an appearance. That's why I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell... So this is the film that built uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell's uh, relationship where Sam Raimi basically made a deal that Bruce Campbell uh, would appear in every film that uh, that he makes going going forward or at least makes some sort of starring. Well, that does bring me on to the casting. So Bruce Campbell, of course, stars as uh, the Ash Williams who... If you are a fan of horror, you probably are aware of this character because he is, I mean, he's just the funny... It's just, it's just a brilliant horror character because he's such a... Um, He's such a jock that's thrown into this uh, horror, this horror world where you know people keep popping up and getting possessed by these evil spirits. But uh, Bruce Campbell does an excellent job. We've got uh, Ellen Sandwise, uh, Richard Demanincourt, Betsy Baker, uh, Teresa Tilly. Lots of people in here who are sort of the, you know, Bruce Campbell's the person who walks out of here that most people will know the most. But it's sort of it's that that classic horror trope of here's a bunch of teenagers who and the sort of unknown actors who are going to get murdered horribly mm. this was very much uh, felt like a um a a, a sort of st- a student film project yeah. <laughs> uh which and of course it gained an awful lot of notoriety because it was banned it was banned in yeah. the uk it was considered one of the video nasties of the early 80s We're seeing a lot of that this week aren't we yeah yeah Disg- disgusting stuff getting banned yeah <laughs> but this was banned for many years in the uk you couldn't get a hold of this uh and when they did the sequel evil dead 2 
they didn't have the rights because by Evil Dead 2 was made I think by a different studio it had a little bit more did money did they move over to Paramount for Evil Dead 2 I think it was I, I, I couldn't tell you which studio I know that it, it it became a bigger thing but they didn't have the rights to the first one so rather than being able to show some footage from the first one to recap what happened they had to reshoot all the footage mm. so the first few minutes are basically a high speed yeah. remake of the first movie yeah but you could I think you can you can watch this one and really sort of enjoy the effort that's put into it yeah. it is like you said like it is a student film there are a lot of cut corners and the joy is that it's all set in one in one cabin so there's yeah. no real worry about them uh, going out of there and, and by today's standards as well i mean this if anything this is funny it, yeah. it is it's darkly comedic yeah. um the, well i think this is it's, this one it's played a bit more straight in this one because past it it evil is, dead 2 we still, start to get a bit more tongue-in-cheek it is but we? it's still a bit it is a bit funny because the the effects do not look that realistic or that good uh, even in the day they weren't that good right. they were they, they were done very much on the cheap <laughs> there was something about it where really if you watched it it depends on your, your your temperament, I suppose. But I think people who like a good horror would probably find it funny. Yeah. Those who don't like horror would find it appallingly scary. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's a classic. It is a classic, and it, and it's 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 worth watching. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Evil Dead, which is on BBC Three, ten p.m. on Friday the twenty eighth of October. We move to Saturday the twenty ninth of October. Now I had to look this movie up to clarify which which one it was because yes, you didn't yeah. say well done Max but but whilst I was looking there's some good horrors on Saturday night that you've yeah. overlooked I noticed on BBC Two they're having a run of movies uh, they've got The Exorcist that they're showing um, they are also showing The Curse of the Cat People which is from the 40s but is a that, that, great God, the, horror the, movie the name of that one alone sounds so very 40s horror doesn't it yeah. The Curse of the Cat People yeah and it's, it's, it's a really good I, of course if, if I had seen that one I would recommend it but sure I, I don't know if well, I you had a chance. the quality you, of the curse you, of the cat people you had a chance and you missed it I meant as you see as in me personally yeah. watching it but. okay also um, you've got Halloween from 1978 on, on 4 channel 4 that night but maybe that appears at another point ah. you, you're, you're, you're gesticulating <laughs> Max I read your notes I do know what's coming up I was saying that as they, a are, they are scribbled they are scribbled in crayon but you do get to read them yeah but I was I was leading you into that because it may be that it's also on another day and maybe you'll pick it up then. Yeah. But but yeah, but you haven't chosen The Exorcist on at eleven fifty five no. on BBC Two, the original nineteen seventy three one. I know, uh, it's a, I know it's a the one fifty five Curse of the Cat People that's on straight afterwards. No. no. You've gone nine o'clock on ITV two it's chapter one chapter one in the summer of 1989 a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry their small town in Maine this of course is uh, one of I believe it's another adaptation of Stephen King's classic novel It but this is part one so this only focuses on the It narrative has always been divided between children being terrorised by this monster and then adults returning to the town to deal yeah, with it. 27 years later yes, it, yeah. it brings back it brings them back as adults and, yeah. and continues but the this story is, as you said this is part one so this deals with the the sort of the childhood aspect of that and i think i think they made a really good choice splitting it into two parts because i personally think this is i having seen part one i think this is the far superior part because it's far i think it very much focusing on the horrors of what happened you know the the way uh your your fears as a child and the way that they sort of pop up and the whole thing that pennywise the clown is able to sort of change into that which you're most afraid of is something that strings that uh, springs very true when you're a child and you've got all of these things but I think this film is really well done mm. I think it really um, I, I haven't ha- I haven't read Stephen King's book but I think this does a really good job of, of focusing on uh, all of these children have, have very distinct character and they're all you know the, the build up to them 
being afraid and the way these scenes are set is all really interesting to watch uh really good actors in this one as well we, we've actually mentioned early in the podcast today uh bill skarsgård this of course is the the role of pennywise that he's put in here and he does a fantastic job in this you know mm. the, doing the whole hiding in the sewer but his eyes can go both ways and he's mm. all he's made up in this uh terrifying get up yeah um, and also you've got you, you've got like rent a teen if you want to do some sort of horror based movie and you need a teen an american teenager in it you go for finn wolfhard Wolf- from stranger, stranger things. things fame yeah yeah and and because he's in this he's also in the the recent ghostbusters movie yes. <laughs> um he, he just does all of these he's, things he's, beca- he's become a go-to hasn't he yeah i mean he must be really angry about growing older yeah because you know it's he, as He's got his uh, he's got his life carved that, out. That's that right whole child, child star thing, isn't it? Yeah, because he's losing your chance. Because I believe he's now nineteen, so he, you know that's that's going to be slipping through his fingers. He's got to be eye on the door at that point in yeah. the in the studio lots. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it is. It's a very it's a great movie, as is the 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 chapter two as well, yeah. which uh, which which kind of finishes the story off. Yeah, um, I believe Stephen King himself was very pleased with with this version mm. as well. Um, which I mean, he'd be an idiot to, to say he wasn't. Yeah. Really, I don't know. It speaks of The Shining. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't. That, that, that's quite famous as the way he hates the Shining adaptation, he does. doesn't he? In fact, there was a '90s miniseries that he much preferred than the uh, than the Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. One. What's funny is that I haven't heard of that one, but I have heard of the Stanley Kubrick one. So. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, you've you know, it's 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 also I didn't realize this, but the screenplay was written by one of the people was uh, Carrie Joji Fukunaga, who was the guy who um, directed No Time to Die, yes, James yeah. Bond movie, and also did the first series and the, probably the best series of True Detective, uh, of Woody course, Harrelson yes. and uh, Matthew McConaughey. That, I think that explains a lot because I think that I think um, both that and True Detective did this really good job of using their location. Like the character of the location is really built up as it goes on as well. Also, and the whole se- the town of Derry is setting very- it in the past as well. In both instances, these things were uh, in different. Uh, they're set at different times, but yeah. they're both not set today. And mm. and yeah, that and you- works particularly well. Yeah, and it, it does a good job of being a period piece yeah. on top of that. So again, if you want a teenager to, to appear in a horror thing who's American and is also not playing a contemporary teenager, then Finn Wolfhard is your <laughs> is your man. How, how long do you think you can push actually playing a, a child? Is he going to do that whole thing where he's going to be in his mid twenties? He's going to be well, why don't you go? And cast he's going to be Ralph, Ralph Macchio playing the Karate Kid when he was thirty. You know, it's it's, it's what's going to happen here. But anyway. It is a good movie. The first one, it so I think it was known as It Chapter One, and uh, that is Max's choice for Saturday, the twenty ninth of uh, of October, ITV two nine p.m. Let's move to Sunday the thirtieth uh, and uh, film four nine p.m. Well, it wouldn't be Max's uh, film um, show, would it? Without without a Mission Impossible film in there somewhere. We had to drop in a Mission Impossible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> Playing this Sunday at nine p.m. We have Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is the the fifth in the Mission Impossible series I want to say a big big fan here I can say how many there are but uh, in this one I recommended this one previously for Max's action films and I think this is a really I think this one does a lot of stuff the best I think this one has the best set pieces the best action but to start off uh, this this film uh, has Ethan and his team uh, Ethan of course played by none other than the Tom Cruise uh, take on the most is this the one with the plane at the beginning and he he, he couldn't afford a ticket so he had to go on the outside of it or something Uh, some details change there but yeah this is the one where in the first five minutes of the film Tom Cruise is hanging on to the side of a jet plane which he of course insisted on doing himself because mm. you'll notice how when I say this that I interchangeably use Tom Cruise and Ethan Ethan Hunt because at this point you know where does one start on the other end right I wouldn't be at all surprised if Tom Cruise has actually set up an impossible missions force <laughs> and if, <laughs> if like in between movies he goes yeah. and does stuff maybe it's all for Scientology yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> careful Max 
they're very litigious that's it yeah. <laughs> i'm of course just joking there but yeah. uh, uh so yeah um so this film is pretty much uh, has the the uh the mission impossible task force are um uh, they're forced to go rogue and they're, they're forced to separate away from the government to track down a secret uh a secret sort of um rogue organization of course the rogue nation itself but um i think this one does a really good job of having the best like some of the best set pieces this one has for those of you who don't know it's the one where tom cruise has to spend seven minutes diving inside a giant supercomputer hard drive there's a car chase that goes through um somewhere in in europe probably somewhere in europe yeah um yeah i mean there's 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 lots of um uh moments in this that that yeah they're, they're very standout some great action set pieces some wonderful stunts which are the things that you know him for you know that um tom cruise can do these things yeah. um i mean he's, he's also got jeremy renner in there so you can't have everything um but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, alec baldwin's in there as well i wonder how many more he's likely to appear in um but uh we you know time will tell and then um uh, Tom Hollander is is in the cast as well. He plays the Prime Minister, but it's very good. I thought Sean Harris, who is the the um, sort of the main antagonist in the movie, I thought he was particularly good. Quite menacing. Yeah. He, so he's actually become a sort of a series mainstay by this point because I believe he appeared uh, he appeared a little bit in the previous film, and this is sort of this one has begun to build up his role as this sort of antagonist that everyone needs to be afraid of. Yeah, because he was he was in. Uh, well, actually, I don't think he was in oh, the no, previous no, one. I think he was in the subsequent one. This is the one it? that introduces him, yeah, and then yeah. he sort of he becomes a sort of uh, reoccurring antagonist for the uh, for the um, the people of the IMF. Yeah, um, which is not the International Monetary Fund, um, <laughs> as as some people might think. But uh, I, I must say, I I am somewhat. I love the Mission Impossible films, um, but I do lose track of them. No, it's not a but as I, such, because so far, I don't think there's... Uh, it is certainly not a case of the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the most recent one... Was the most recent one the one... Was that Fallout? That's Fallout, was the most recent one, yeah. But there is one and would you looming, wait, isn't there's there? A two, would you a two-parter arriving? Um, I believe starting in 2023 and continue through oh, to 2024, we're getting a, a, a... Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning Part 1 or Dead Reckoning Part 2. Okay. But but no, I just I just lose track because yeah. you had Mission Impossible's one, two, and three, and then there was Ghost yeah. Protocol. Was that the that next was four, one? Four, yes, and then this is five. All right, and then and but, then. But you can go into this one for those of you so, who are afraid. You can very sit, afraid. You can sit down in, on this. Yeah, <laughs> talk about Halloween. For those of you yeah. who are afraid, you can just sit down for Rogue Nation, and things will make sense in the first five minutes, and then you can just go in. You don't need to know too much about previous films to go into this one. Okay, and then yeah, and then Mission Impossible Fallout was the most recent one. Yeah, that's with Henry Cavill beating up a bathroom, reloading his fists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, but uh, see, sometimes I think people compare this franchise to the Fast and Furious. I think this franchise is brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is on Film Four, nine PM on Sunday, the thirtieth of October. We move to Monday, the thirty-first of October, Halloween. Hang on. Halloween and spooking uh, me out there yeah and uh, we have 6pm uh, a family friendly Halloween movie if ever there were one Ghostbusters you already know this one don't you but uh, three parapsychologists are forced out of their university funding uh, to set up shop as a unique ghost removal service in New York attracting frightened yet sceptical customers well I mean this is just an absolute classic isn't it uh, directed by Ivan uh, Ivan Reitman who we've talked about previously who is quite famously known for pretty much he's played a role in any significant uh, comedy in the past uh, yeah or right, was it? Uh, Twins Kindergarten Cop uh, they were Ivan Reitman yeah, um, yeah he, he's Stop All My Mum Will 
Stallone shoot, not quite so well known. Uh, the, the, the well known Sylvester Stallone and one of the women out of the Golden Girls. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, Ivan Reitman was was quite a, a name back in the. Uh, yeah, he did he did some um, other stuff with with um, Bill Murray. He did Stripes mm. as well, uh, and then yeah, he went on to do uh, Twins, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. He did Junior. Uh, he did Six Days, Seven Nights, which I think is a great film with yeah. Harrison Ford. He's done loads and loads of good, yeah. good uh, sort of comedy and light movies. Um, but uh, but yeah, here he is for possibly one of his most famous roles, uh, yeah. one of his most famous films, the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. But of course, and like you said, you said about him working with Bill Murray, and of course, the cast of this film is all all fantastic. Like they all bounce off each other so well. You've got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Howard Wayman, Howard Ramis, mm. uh, Ernie Hudson, uh, Rick Moranis. To, to name you yeah. know, the the to name all of them to name everyone you know in yeah. this film, but it is just it's just a laugh a minute. Like everybody in this film is just. It, it's just but it's not just funny on top of it it's such a good film on top of it like it's so well paced like it is it, family film it is still scary I think if you're young it, I mean, it, it's, is, it, 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 it freaks you out a little bit I remember seeing this when PG, I was it's a PG it's fairly tame I remember seeing this as a, as a child and it was it still scared me I think but not, not scared in that I can't watch this but scared in that oh, I want them to succeed at this yeah yeah, young, younger people maybe will be a little bit bit frightened, but it I might think, it might be the uh, the, the humour that scares people at yeah. this point. But uh, but yeah, so this is this is the original one and the best one. Ghostbusters yeah. two was you, you didn't realise how good that it's was more like until Ghostbusters one point five, wasn't it? Well, well, Ghostbusters two, you didn't realise how good it was until they did the the reboot with um, the the female the twenty sixteen yeah the twenty sixteen one which yeah. was just awful yeah and then uh, but recently they've done Ghostbusters Afterlife which actually wasn't bad <laughs> and stuff. Finn Wolfhard <laughs> and yeah Finn Wolfhard back in it because you know uh, who could they go for he's, so, he's like, sending us checks to, to <laughs> yeah yeah we need, we need a, if you have a film that needs a, needs a teenager yeah, it, call yeah. Finn Wolfhard sort of a yeah sort of science fiction-y um, horror kind of thing and we need a teenage boy in it let's, let's go yeah. But but also it was lovely how minor spoiler here but in Ghostbusters Afterlife they brought back the original cast mm. in, in a very small way but they brought them back and it was it was nice yeah. to see them back um, but uh, but yeah, the original film, one of the one of the great comedies of the eighties, yeah. Ghostbusters, uh, film to watch out, and that's one of two recommendations from Max on Halloween. That's on film four six p.m. Over on four seven ten p.m. Halloween. This is the original John Carpenter special. Uh, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big sucker for John Carpenter, so I'm always going to recommend this one. But this is just an absolute classic, you know, an absolute classic film in which uh, a bunch of uh, t- teenage babysitters are pretty much thrown into a, thrown into being afraid for their lives as um, a masked killer starts stalking around, scaring them. But you've got all of those famous shots where you can see Michael Myers is sort of, you know, hiding behind a hedge or peering over, hiding and looking over at people. But... Um, this one's really tense. It it still holds up to this day, and it always will. I think. But well, there's it, a I reason it's so why well you, made. If if you didn't have this as a good start, you wouldn't have had the whole franchise. Uh, no. There's been over a dozen movies uh, with Howard Linsky a few weeks back. We actually went through all the Halloween movies and how they relate to each other. Yeah. We, we we spent which time ones, breaking that down. Which ones do exist together? Which ones yeah. don't? Because the the new Halloween continuity, as established by Halloween Ends and Halloween Kills and stuff, is technically only following the original. This Halloween, I, I believe. 
Uh, I can't remember that. Is Halloween 2? Possibly Halloween 2, but maybe not. Um, you've got, H- no, you've got fact, H2O as well. Yeah, so got- Halloween Halloween H2O from 20 years ago, which yes. brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, I think follows Halloween 2. Yes. But I think this one ignores Halloween 2 as well. Mm. The, the, these recent, so there's a recent trilogy. Yes. Um, and, and they ignore Halloween 2, so they only follow the first one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, confusingly, the first of that trilogy was also called Halloween from 2018, but that's not the one and we're talking about And you've got the Rob right Zombie remakes as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not talking about that one either. Yeah. Um, but this is the original John Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was... But those uh, are your main, uh, the, your main draws for this one. And, and uh, Tony Moran, but you, you know, it, or, I believe it, it's this one... I'm trying to think if this is one where they started. They called him The Shape first, didn't they, before they called him Michael Myers? Or is that the second one I'm thinking of? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, I don't know at what point when they established his, his name... Um, I don't know to be honest. I've seen yeah. I've seen a few of them. Donald Pleasance was in most of them. Yes. Um, weirdly, uh, Halloween three was uh, consi- was a standalone movie that didn't feature any of the characters. Yes, uh, Season of the Witch. Yeah, I um, I love Halloween three, but for all the wrong reasons. Halloween three is uh, it's really um, I believe they were trying to make it into some sort of anthology series around the time of Halloween three. So it's a completely unrelated plot, which is just it goes off the rails. If you want to watch, um, if you, I'm recommending Halloween. If you want to watch a good Halloween film, if you want to watch one that is just a mess go and watch ha- Halloween 3 because it's entertaining but not in the way that this film is and then Halloween 4 brought back Michael Myers and the the, the, the sort of the continuity of the first they started to realise 3 made them realise they yeah. couldn't they couldn't quite do an anthology series no um, but uh, yeah the, um, the, the the Halloween movies um yeah, there's a reason why they lasted. And John Carpenter as well, not just his great directing and writing, the music as well, which I believe yeah. he did. And it's very spooky synthesizer type music, which sounds very Stranger Things. Yeah, if, yeah. You know, but, but it's where they got it from. It's, well, it's iconic to this day, isn't it? If you, if you hear the notes of the Halloween theme, you'll know exactly where it's from. Yeah. And also those, this might now be a well-known piece of trivia, but, um, but the mask that Michael Myers wears is a William Shatner mask, <laughs> which they spray painted white. Um, and uh, yeah, and they cut the eyes out a little still, bit. Bigger. Still, my favourite fact of this yeah, day. Yeah, it was a William Shatner mask. So uh, there you go. That's the original and probably the best. That's Halloween, the original from 1978, 44 years ago, no less. Uh, and that is Max's choice for Halloween. Uh, that's on Monday, the 31st of October, 4 7 at 10 pm. Let's move now to Wednesday, November the 2nd. And uh, we have on Film 4 9 pm the personal history of David Copperfield. This fresh and distinctive distinctive take on Charles Dickens' uh, semi autobiographical piece. Oh, it's easy uh, for you to say. The, the autobiography, the sort of semi autobiography by Charles Dickens of the personal history of David Copperfield uh, tells the story of a, a young man in the 1840s who is starting to navigate the world and try to find his place in it in this sort of uh, obviously this uh, 19th century England and it's all sort of uh, going around uh, famous like noble people and trying to find his way in life as a writer and a storyteller so very uh, very much trying to tell the story of um, Charles Dickens life it's a you know a lot of people will know the original story itself uh, I've put this one as one to watch just because of the director itself who um, I personally know and some people might know as uh, Armando Iannucci who was sort of um, really picked up recently for films like The Death of Stalin um, The Thick of It which yeah he's the creator of The Thick the of It the creator of The Thick of It which seems uh, every day to become more and more, and yeah. more. also the American <laughs> series relevant. Veep uh, he, mm. he's the guy behind that as well and the movie In the Loop which was a spin-off from James The Thick of It yeah, yeah. But, um, so th- this is one that I really want to watch because I think Armando Iannucci 
she, I think, as a director, has this very, very quick, sharp wit in it. And I think this one would yeah. be worth watch to bring that to it. Yeah, and, and course, his, his writing is superb. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that brings it out. And also fantastic actors in this one as well. Like all of the people who I think can really do a good job with that script. Mm. You've got Dev Patel as David Copperfield, Hugh Laurie, Tilda Swinton and Peter Capaldi all playing important roles in this one. Mm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Max's choice for uh, Wednesday, the 2nd of November, film for 9pm, The Personal History of David Copperfield. Then we move to Thursday, the 3rd of November, 10.45pm on ITV. We've already alluded to this movie. Yes. It all goes, it all fits together, doesn't it? Honestly, the thought that goes in, this is it's, articulated. Yeah, sure. I, I do not know how it comes together, but it seems to. But we're, we're rounding things off ITV, 10.45pm with Spider-Man. After being bitten by a... Whoa, 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 go back slightly. Which Spider-Man is this? Because the there's first, been a lot of them. The very first Sam Raimi Spider-Man from 2002. Uh, after being bitten by a genetically modified spider, a shy teenager gains spider-like abilities that he uses to fight injustice as a masked superhero and face a vengeful enemy. So this is the 2000, like I said, the 2002 Sam Raimi one. I think it's still one of the best ones to this day. Uh, this Toby just, Maguire is yeah. the Spider-Man Toby in Maguire question, is, in case is you're just, wondering who. Because yeah, there's plenty of them now, isn't there? I mean, yeah. they, they made a film about how many of them there are. Yeah. But uh, but yes, this was so. This was the first sort of big screen adaptation of Spider Man, yeah. and um, and and yeah, well, Sam Raimi he did a trilogy of these movies with yes. Tobey Maguire, uh, and then uh, just a couple of years afterwards, they rebooted it. So yeah. so soon after, and then we had that was that was then we had our Andrew that was our Andrew Garfield era, yeah. and then we had our and then we had a couple of years of that, and, then and that was Andrew the Garfield Amazing Spider Man, wasn't it? It was the Amazing Spider Man, yeah. And uh, then we've got then we've and then we've carried across to of course Tom Holland, who's our Spider-Man. How, I mean, he's already been Spider-Man for like seven years now, hasn't he? I think he's been he's been Spider-Man for a while. Yeah, 2016, 2015. Uh, it would have been because he appeared in Captain America: Civil War, didn't he? And that was his sort of. And then the whole there was the whole dispute of whether he was going to appear because of Sony and stuff. But this is the one where it's just Spider-Man on his own, and Tobey Maguire is um, just really uh, just a lot of fun to watch in this one, really. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, uh, Tom Holland's been playing yeah. him since, as you said, Captain America Civil War back in 2016. So he's, now been, so he's now been six years playing Spider-Man. Yeah. I suppose this was 20 years ago, this film first yeah. came out, the start of the uh, Spider-Man series. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to work out how many he's, he's now done. One, two, three, four, five... Uh, is this he is in Spider-Man or he is yeah. in how many Tom Holland's have done? How many Tom Holland? Five. Mm. S- technically six, seven, seven, uh, where he's um, played Spider-Man. Seven if if you count the um, cameo role in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, then he mm, has that, played... That seems a bit... <laughs> he's played Spider-Man in seven movies. Seven, seven films, though, which is crazy because, of yeah. course, Tobey Maguire's only had... Well, it was three and now we can, yeah. we can officially count it as four now, can't yes. we? Yes, I think I think we're on long enough that he, he does make a reappearance in this role. But, I yeah, mean, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, it was the worst kept secret ever that, that Andrew Garfield <laughs> and Tobey Maguire... Yes. And they were brilliant. Yeah. They were both... I mean, Andrew Garfield has gone on to prove him to be what, you know, sort of an amazing actor. Yes, Fantastic yeah. in different roles that he's done. But, but yeah, this is, what, this is what started it off on the big screen. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a very good origin story. Yeah. It, is, it is very 2000s. And if, uh, if the Nickelback uh, ending theme didn't, didn't tell you how 2000s this was. Yeah. I mean, what, one of the things that he got criticised for at the time is that Sam Raimi made it that Spider-Man's ability to shoot web was, was actually very a genetic thing yeah. that he... That it came out of his wrists whereas mm. in the comic books and in other subsequent adaptations it's it gadgets yeah. he builds but but i believe sam raimi said in interviews that if if peter parker was that skilled that he could build that sort of thing he would not have been poor 
Ah. And, and and so he, he he felt like you know if if he was that good with with tech that he could build sort of like revolutionary. It's a very kind of controversial things. take, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. For, for the for the diehard Spider-Man fans, that's like yeah. a real sort of point of contention. Yeah. But but I mean, it wasn't that unrealistic when you think about it. You know, a teenage boy with lots of sticky stuff all around his bedroom. You know, it does sort of make sense. <laughs> I'm sure they make jokes about that in the film as well, don't they? About <laughs> locking the door all the time and yeah. smashing things around. Yeah. And also, he, he, you know, he goes to bed and wakes up and he's got this massive six pack that's turned up out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, if, well, if, if only. <laughs> anyway, Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi-directed Tobey Maguire starring film, with also Kirsten Dunst and Willem Dafoe. Will- oh, Willem Dafoe, well. this, Willem Dafoe in yeah. this film. Is and Bruce Campbell, because it's, it's a Sam Raimi film, so Bruce Campbell has to appear somewhere. He, in he's in there as well. And yeah, it's it's a good movie. And uh, that's Thursday, the 3rd of November, 10.45pm on ITV. Max, which of the movies on free to air TV for this forthcoming week is going to be your movie of the week? This is a tough one for me, but uh, in like you the say Halloween, that every single time, but it is always a tough one, especially yeah. when there's a Mission Impossible on yeah. there. But you uh, also know the questions coming every single time, so you've had time to think about it. I like to make sure it's as genuine as possible, uh-huh. my actual reaction, my actual thought yeah. process. But however, I am going to go with uh, the original Halloween is my vote for the best film to watch this week on TV. Okay, I think if it that's Max's one to watch. That's if one you to can watch. only watch, doesn't have to necessarily be the best one, but if yeah. people only had time to watch one of those, it would be Halloween. That's the one to go for. It's ten o'clock on uh, Halloween night. Treat yourself to Halloween. Makes yeah. sense. Okay, Max. Thanks very much. Next week, Howard Linsky returns to the um, film guide seat, so we better get that cleaned uh, after Max has been on it. Anyway, thanks very much. Uh, we'll see you guys again real soon. Say goodbye, Max. See you later. <laughs>